The following podcast has been paid for by the Drew World Order. Yo, hey, you're listening to the Drew World Order of Wrestling Podcast. This week, I start off talking about what my favorite promo of the week was. Uh, Of course, I give my likes in the What Drew Money segment, my dislikes in the Drew Count segment, where we overview um, Raw and SmackDown and NXT and AEW Dynamite. I even do a preview of NXT TakeOver 30. And SummerSlam coming up this Sunday. A lot to get to. A lot to talk about. Really fun show today. You have all of that to look forward to on this DWO pod. And let's get going with the What Drew Money segment. No news this week, so we're starting off with the What Drew Money segment, which are my favorite moments in these shows this week in wrestling. We're going to be talking a lot about WWE this podcast with NXT TakeOver coming up and SummerSlam, so we're going to jump right into that with starting with NXT, something I rarely do. And uh, I liked how Vic Joseph is back to commentating on NXT I really enjoy Vic. He was on Raw for a while. I think he was on 205 Live, but I uh, I don't watch 205 Live, so I don't know where he went after Raw. But it, it was a, a, it was good to hear his voice again. Then the first segment had Karrion Cross um, quickly won a match, and then Keith Lee came out, and Lee offered the contract for the NXT Championship match at NXT TakeOver 30 to Cross. Cross signed it. And when Lee tried to open it up, he got a fireball straight to the face, which is something that's a very old school tactic. This is right out of like Memphis wrestling. You don't see it a lot, so I really enjoyed that. Um, then a short few moments later, the Undisputed Era came out, and Adam Cole did a great promo um, after beating up whoever was in the ring, I don't remember. And Cole was calling out Pat McAfee. To me, this was the best promo of the week, and that's why I wanted to start out with this. It was really, really great. Um, Usually NXT, for me, doesn't have the best stuff, uh, whether it's production-wise or um, promo-wise, because it's just on such a smaller scale. But this was such a good promo that uh, I wanted to talk about it first. It was short. It was sweet, to the point. Very passionate. I'm very invested in this Pat McAfee match with Adam Cole, which we'll talk more about later on uh, when we get to the previews um, for NXT TakeOver. So I'll finish up there with talking about that promo. Um, And then another promo, a video promo. There was uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice back doing their 
funny home promos where they're talking regular, and then all of a sudden they turn to the camera and it uh, the screen filter changes and they they speak directly to the NXT audience. I've been loving what they're doing. I really enjoy that. Now uh, Johnny has a chance to get into the North American title match at Takeover, so he isn't quite where he's uh, supposed to be at. But I would hope he ends up winning because I really uh, think he would add a lot in that title match. But speaking of that North American title match, Velveteen Dream returned in a triple threat match to go to that title match. He didn't win, unfortunately, but Cameron Grimes did win, and I've really been enjoying what Cameron Grimes has been doing. I like that he's getting a shot at the North American title. NXT seems to be really focused on giving these newer guys talent, uh, this newer talent, uh, opportunities, and so I say, go for it. Um, and now it makes for an interesting matchup with, uh, I believe it's going to be Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor um, this week to determine who goes on to uh, NXT TakeOver 30. Dream coming back definitely throws a wrench in the idea of Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, and... Uh, Velveteen Dream all being in the match because they can't. Uh, Dream is facing off against Finn Balor, and then it's Ridge Holland versus Johnny Gargano. Um, I don't know much about Ridge Holland. He did get a video package um, this week, but um, I don't know. The way the NXT title picture has been uh, um, coming into view, it seems as if uh, Ridge Holland probably will get the win over Johnny, but that would be a huge win. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you beat Johnny and uh, make it seem credible, at least in my eyes, because I don't know a lot about this uh, Ridge Holland, but if he does end up winning, uh, it'll be uh, interesting for um, how how it's done, and uh, it won't hurt Johnny whatsoever. I just like Johnny's new character, so I think I'm a little biased, and I just prefer to see Johnny in the in the title match. But we're going to move off of NXT. We'll talk more about NXT later on in the uh, show, with give a focus on NXT TakeOver 30 and do our preview then. So let's move on to Raw, which uh, started out with Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio. They both had pretty decent promos to start out the show. But the real important part of this segment was uh, Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, getting beaten with a kendo stick. I believe it was 30 lashes is what WWE.com reported. Seth was talking to the camera. He was talking to Ray at home. It was a super brutal, super intense um, segment. Really, really great. If you saw the pictures on social media of what Dominic looked like after with the 30 lashes on his uh, upper body, Man, it looked bad. So that is something that I'm really invested in. Um, the next thing that I quickly wanted to mention was Demi Burnett was on Raw again. I'm not sure <laughs> why she's on Raw or what she's doing, but I like Demi from The Bachelor. Uh, I'd like to see more of Demi from The Bachelor. So, you know, it's something a little bit different, a little bit unique, a little bit of mainstream attention, try to get a little bit more of an audience. Um... And uh, Demi's a great personality. Um, so moving from one woman to another woman and talking about Shayna Baszler now. Shayna took out three women 
at uh, Raw Underground, and I think this is the perfect way to showcase Shayna Baszler. Um, I like the women's fighting in there. The whole atmosphere of it is a fight. Shayna Baszler is a fighter. I don't really consider her a wrestler because she has an MMA background, and uh, I really, really like Shayna. And just the character that she plays, she's just, you know, really this unbeatable, um, this unbeatable force. And uh, having her in Underground and seeing her go against people, I would even like to see her go against men in Underground. I don't care. Uh, I think that would be cool. Um, and uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about when it comes to Raw that I thought was cool was the Randy Orton, Ric Flair promo segment to end raw which was uh, really incredible it was personal it was emotional it was real it was very intense this was just a master class in uh selling a show selling a match i loved how randy took out rick flair um he had to you know he's the legend killer rick flair's a legend he has to, Randy had to take out, uh, Ran, uh, take out Ric Flair. Um, yeah, we didn't see Randy actually kick Rick, but you got the effect, and wherever they go with this match, wherever, um, whether it's Randy, uh, winning, um, and this was just like a swerve, and Rick helps Randy win, would be cool, or Rick comes out trying to, uh, go against Randy and helps Drew win, if Rick is still involved, I've heard he's been written out of the storyline, which is fine. Um, but I do like the idea of him just clapping on Randy Orton. It brings a little bit more prestige to Randy Orton. Not that Randy really needs any prestige or credibility. But I really, really enjoyed that segment. And uh, we'll move to SmackDown because SmackDown has the uh, arc of Retribution on it as well as Raw does, so Retribution attacked Big E and John Morrison to start the show. I really actually enjoyed this. I thought it was a fresh take, a unique uh, presentation. Retribution attacked at the beginning of the show instead of at the end of the show like they did last week, and it's a good way to give Retribution some momentum moving into SummerSlam, and I hope Retribution does show up at SummerSlam. When it comes to the women on SmackDown, of course, it centers around Bayley and Sasha Banks. There was a uh, women's battle royal to determine who's the number one contender. Uh, yeah, contender to face Bayley at SummerSlam. And a whole bunch of women came out. It was a tri-brand, uh, triple-brand battle royal. And Asuka ended up winning the battle royal. And I uh, was very happy with this. I think it was a good finish with her stepping on Bailey and Sasha's backs to save her from elimination. And Asuka having two different title matches at SummerSlam makes it feel a little bit more unique. You do not get to see this very often. You don't get to see somebody have two matches uh, in a pay-per-view regularly. So her having two title matches at SummerSlam makes it a lot more special. I wouldn't have minded if Shayna Baszler won, but I think Asuka winning is the way to go with this because uh, it just brings in a lot more um, questioning of what's going to happen. Um, is she going to beat Sasha? Is she going to beat Bailey? Is she going to lose both? Is she going to win both titles? How's that going to affect Sasha and Bailey? So, a really well done storyline here. 
And then uh, continuing on talking about the women of SmackDown, the Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville hair versus hair match that was announced. I really enjoy. Um, Mandy had a good promo. Sonya's been doing real well. You rarely get to see hair versus hair in uh, WWE now. The last one I can remember is what WrestleMania 23 with uh, the Donald Trump versus uh, Vince McMahon story. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. And uh, uh, this rivalry has been going on since, uh, what, before WrestleMania? Um, so long-term storytelling, really love it. Switching gears to the Intercontinental Championship and AJ Styles doing a funny promo where he announced the uh, the piss index or whatever it was, the uh, Phenomenal Intercontinental Statistics System, uh, P-I-S-S for short. Um, this is funny. AJ going between being comedic, then serious for a little bit, and then back to being a bad guy and just laughing at Jeff Hardy. Really, really great uh, promo ability. Jeff held his own, too. It was clever that Jeff used a permanent marker on the board, and uh, it got me interested in seeing Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles, something that I really wouldn't be interested in uh, otherwise. Um, something something small that I liked on SmackDown was Baron Corbin calling Shorty G Chad. I hope the name change occurs for Chad Gable or for Shorty G, because the Shorty G name is just stupid at this point. Uh, you know, let's drop the moniker. Let's go to Chad Gable. He can keep the basketball shorts as his tights or whatever, but the name is just dumb, and uh, he's going back and forth between bad guy and good guy, whereas his, uh, there's not enough investment in his character to really be intrigued about where this is going. I just kind of want a finality to it where it's like, okay, is he Shorty G and with Corbin or is he Chad Gable without or, you know, whatever combination in between. Um, and the show ended with uh, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, and the Alexa Bliss storyline. Um, this was super captivating. Uh, it actually started a little bit before with Alexa Bliss doing a sit-down interview. And then uh, Braun Strowman, who's now bald, came out and uh, did a little bit of a promo. Alexa Bliss came out. And uh, she did a promo and slapped Braun, and then Braun press-slammed Alexa. This was another uh, one of those scenarios, like uh, with uh, Ric Flair on Raw, uh, where the lights went out, and we saw Alexa get thrown, but necessarily, where did she fall? Um, I mean, she had to have fallen, um, just the way, you know, it was shot. You didn't necessarily see what happened, and then The Fiend showed up in the ring, Braun was gone, Alexa was still in the ring with with uh, The Fiend, and uh, Braun just laughed to end the show. So the Braun was playing, uh, Braun played uh, Fiend-like mind games with, uh, with The Fiend, and uh, this story is intriguing, it's captivating, but also feels like uh, it's not quite at its boiling point yet where, you know, this should be the blow-off match at SummerSlam. Um, but we'll see. I'm still very interested in it. And uh, I'm, uh, I was also interested in AEW Dynamite. 
when it began because it said they had invited fans there. Um, I saw people were complaining about this online, but I think it was just the way the crowd was shot on that first uh, just uh, showing of them. Um, but apparently a good amount of people were invited there. Um, they probably had to go through a ton of protocol and, uh, COVID testing because AEW is pretty strict on that. And then I did see on, uh, somebody's Twitter feed, uh, who was live there, um, I don't know what the woman's name is, but she was tweeting about how the camera shot made it look like they were a lot closer together than they actually were, and she had pictures and videos of, um, basically security guards going around, uh, asking people to wear their masks properly or to fix their masks if they needed to. So it's nice to have that more, um, not necessarily unbiased, but more, um, general, more, um, what am I trying to say here? More genuine, more genuine reaction from fans instead of the, uh, employees of, uh, the show, um, making the most noise. I gotta tell you, I am sold on this John Moxley MJF match. MJF's promo was solid. Mox then uh, interrupted and came through the entranceway, which is something unique. He rarely ever does that. That's this is the first time in AEW he's done that. He attacked MJF, then he did a little promo of his own. This was a really really captivating segment. And uh, for a match that I wouldn't be super interested in maybe a couple months ago, they've really sold me on wanting to see this match. I, I'm not uh, totally convinced that MJF is going to win, but at least they're doing their best to make MJF a, a bigger star. Um, and speaking of stars, a star from the refing world, Mike Kyoto, was on... AEW Dynamite. I don't know if this is was just a one-day thing or if he's uh, going to be refing more. I'd like to see him more. Mike Chioda's been refing for over 30 years now, I think. Very well-known referee. Um, really good at what he does. A um, lot of value in his name because people like myself know him, and nowadays people especially WWE refs, they you don't really know who the, the refs are. They don't mention the refs. They don't say their names. And uh, AEW does a good job of making the officials mean something because the officials are the uh, uh, the law in the ring. So, I mean, even though AEW has some uh, rules issues that I've mentioned before on the podcast, it's good to see a well-known referee who has that credibility uh, on AEW. Um, and, uh, Kyoto showed up during the, uh, TNT title match with, uh, Cody, uh, versus Scorpio Sky, and, uh, Cody beat Scorpio Sky, and then Brody Lee showed up on the Tron and did a promo challenging Cody for the TNT title. Cody, uh, brought out the new TNT title, or the finished TNT title. Uh, with the gold plating on it, and uh, Brody Lee during his promo had the old TNT title with the silver, um, the silver plating on it, and uh, I'm really interested in this match um, for uh, for the TNT title. I think Brody Lee should should win this match, just because it gives the Dark Order something. They've been uh, 
around and beating people up. But the Dark Order really needs something else to establish their credibility. And I think holding a title and having the rest of the roster chase the Dark Order is a way to do that. Um, And the final thing I wanted to talk about on AEW Dynamite was uh, the Tag Team Appreciation Celebration with the Rock and Roll Express, uh, Tully, Blanchard, and Arn Anderson, FTR, and the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks, FTR, and the Rock and Roll Express all basically did promos praising each other, and Arn Anderson uh, actually did a promo. They all were praising each other. Then Tully Blanchard came on, and he did a impassioned promo because Tully's a bad guy, and I really liked it. Um, I've never really seen any of Tully Blanchard's old stuff, but uh, this was awesome. Um, and then it led to FTR attacking Rock and Roll Express. Like, finally, FTR uh, looks like they're going to be bad guys. I think they play bad guys uh, better than they do good guys, and them attacking the Rock and Roll Express is just awesome to see because hopefully now this is going to lead to the build towards All Out uh, against somebody in the Elite, whether it's the Young Bucks, which is a dream match, or... Uh, Page, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega, the tag team champions. Um, so I like the way this is going, and AEW did a real good job of making FTR look like threats in this segment. But we're going to move on to the Drew Count segment, which are moments to complain about in the week in wrestling. So let's get to it. Has he got the fingers locked? No, he got the We're starting the Drew count off just like I did with the What Drew Money segment and talking about NXT and Vic Joseph. Now, I mentioned that I liked Vic Joseph being on NXT, but there was something where Beth said, or uh, where Vic said uh, that he was glad to be sitting next to Beth Phoenix and Mauro Ranello. But then, of course, NXT did their weird announce team situation thing where they showed Vic Joseph. And there was no one sitting next to him. So this was um, bizarre. Really, really bizarre. Um, The other really thing that I... uh, The main thing that I didn't like on NXT, which I enjoyed NXT a lot this week, was the, the video packages, the individual video packages of Kushida, Dakota Kai, Ridge Holland... Finn Balor, Io Shirai, and Cameron Grimes all basically doing the same exact thing, saying, you know, I'm going to win. They're doing the I'm going to win promo. And uh, really, it seemed like half of the show uh, were these promos. It probably wasn't that time-wise, but it just seemed like there would be a match, and then there'd be one of these video packages, and then there'd be a match, and then there'd be one of these individual video packages. And it was just back and forth and back and forth, and it just like didn't seem... Oh, that, uh, all that valuable. Now, with the Timothy Thatcher and the Gargano and Candice LeRae video packages, those were a little different. Those were building character packages, is what I would, uh, qualify them as, um, progression packages. But the packages with Kushida and Kai and Holland and Balor and EO and Cameron Grimes were all just like, rah, rah, I'm going to win. Woo, let's do it. Yeah, it kind of just seemed like it was a uh, waste of time. 
And uh, something else that uh, seemed like a waste of time was uh, Retribution on Raw. Uh, they broke the glass door to the Performance Center, but then they didn't go in. They just ran away. Like, it was teenagers playing Ding Dong Ditch, and it was really bizarre. Like, why wouldn't they... <laughs> Why wouldn't they go in? I don't know. It's just odd. So they broke the glass door, but didn't go into the performance center. But on SmackDown, they just invaded the performance center and they didn't need to break a glass door. I don't know. It's just confusing. Um, something formatting wise that I didn't like on Raw was in Raw Underground, and it was, it's just all the camera cuts in Raw Underground. Like, I know it's supposed to make it look like it's intense, but it's just, like, cut after cut after cut. It's this angle, and then that angle, and this angle, and that angle, and another angle, and here's here's them above the ring, here's them below the ring, here's them to the side of the ring, here's the left side, the right side, the front side, the back side. It's just, like, camera cut after camera cut after camera cut. Like, boy, it is... I, I know it's supposed to be a different presentation, which is great and all, but, like, don't make it so different that it's nauseating, and that's, that's what this is. But other than that, I did want to see more Raw Underground, and uh, I think this was a missed opportunity by uh, Raw this week. There were only three short segments with pretty little-known uh, little stars in uh and underground it really wasn't enough the only big star that was on raw underground this week was Shayna baszler and maybe it was done to spotlight her but uh i i wish raw underground would just be the last hour of raw and have longer matches had something more dynamic and interesting to watch and uh this just uh this the short like two minute segments isn't enough for me. Um, if you want to um, make this more special, um, just do the hour. Do an hour. So then Raw is two hours and Raw Underground is one hour and it feels special. Um, let's move on to SmackDown here. Um, I talked about Retribution already in the segment on Raw. And uh, Retribution, of course, showed up on SmackDown. And now it had a ton of people in it. There were more than five people. Um, so uh, they attacked uh, backstage. And there was a ton of people uh, in this segment. Uh, there was a ton of people at the beginning of the show, too, when they attacked Big E and uh, John Morrison. But uh, last week it was just five people. And I believe it was five on the previous Raw as well. <laughs> so it was 5-5, five, five, and then I think there was five people on this week's Raw. And then all of a sudden, there was like 12. 12 people in Retribution. Like, is this like just a growing number group, or what's going on? And it'll be at least interesting to see uh, how many people are actually in Retribution when they get revealed, and who they are, and you know what they're doing. Why they're seeking Retribution. But, uh... Uh, Shorty G, talking about him, I mentioned him in What Drew Money, and so uh, just like uh, uh, Retribution uh, that uh, I also talked about before, um, Shorty G gets a little bit more of a mention here on the DWO podcast. He got new music. I don't really like the new music. 
he should just go back to the old American Alpha music, because that is some awesome uh, mu music. Um, really, the main things that I didn't like about SmackDown and just WWE in general this past week, uh, just nonchalantly, Michael Cole announced that SmackDown was going to be live next week. It won't be at the Performance Center, and there will be fan involvement. And uh, just came out of nowhere. They didn't make a special announcement of it. They didn't do a separate aside with uh, the announce team making this. It was just in the middle of a match, just like out of nowhere. Now, today it was announced that uh, WWE Thunderdome is what it's going to be called is the uh, Amway Center that WWE's made some sort of deal with the Amway Center starting this week on SmackDown and then moving into the foreseeable future with just the, uh, apparently a whole bunch of interactive uh, types of things to uh, enhance the viewing experience. Uh, you know, I don't really necessarily like the Thunderdome name. Um, it's kind of, well, I mean, it's wrestling, but it's kind of gimmicky. Um, it also sounds very, like, 70s. Like the Thunderdome, like it's a roller derby, uh, <laughs> roller derby arena. Um, and then the, the same thing happened with, uh, well, actually Payback got a little bit more of a, um, uh, announcement, formal announcement. Um, Thunderdome wasn't a formal announcement until today. And uh, Payback was. They did do a uh, announce table segment showing Corey Graves and uh, um, Michael Cole. And Michael Cole said, oh, the week after SummerSlam, there's going to be Payback. So it's like, what? It's just Payback is randomly being announced. Uh, and it's going to be a week after SummerSlam. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe Payback, you would think... Uh, something's going to happen with Retribution at Payback. I would hope, actually, SummerSlam, something would happen with Retribution, or SummerSlam would end with Retribution, um, going off the air and doing something great, or having members reveal themselves. But Payback, the pay-per-view name, and Retribution kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, don't they? Payback and Retribution are pretty much the same exact thing. So, um... Maybe we'll get uh, the Retribution storyline happening uh, at Payback. Um, but something that is not happening this coming week is AEW Dynamite. It's not on this Wednesday. There is no Dynamite this Wednesday. AEW announced... Uh, so speaking of announcements, we were just talking about that with WWE. AEW kind of did something similar where they just randomly... Uh, offhandedly said that there's going to be a special dynamite on august 22nd at 6 p.m obviously this is competing with nxt takeover i think this is um very desperate of aew like let nxt have um their saturday let them have takeover i think more people are probably going to end up watching takeover than dynamite anyway um so yeah dynamite is free but um Takeover is a more special event. It's Takeover 30, and Dynamite's just a regular Dynamite. It seems like um, doesn't doesn't feel like anything's gonna be different. Um, and it 
just kind of came out of nowhere this week. So I think that's a little bizarre. Uh, I mentioned that the TNT title um, was finally finished earlier, and Cody Rhodes brought, brought out the gold-plated title. I don't think it looks that great at all still. Like, yeah, it looks a little bit more shiny and fancy with the gold on it, but, you know, it's really nothing special. I know it's got the logo on there, um, so it looks weird because uh, it's just like the TNT letters and then a, a like mirror-y, shiny gold background, but that's, if you look at the TNT logo, that's what it is. It's a circle with TNT in it. Um, I thought that uh, the end of AEW had a very wonky finish with Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. It seemed uh, off, just, you know, kind of out of nowhere. Um, I don't think it was, like, purposely out of nowhere. It, it uh, looked more like they were running out of time, and um, it was just uh, a little bit clunky. Um, uh, Orange Cassidy won the match, which is cool. Um, but, uh, I had to rewind and watch this a couple of times to see what the heck happened. Like, they went so quickly off the air after Orange's win that I was just like, what, like, what happened there? What, uh, what, what was, what was going on with that? Um, but, uh, we're gonna move forward and, uh, we're gonna talk about what's going on, uh, next on the podcast, and that is, uh, the Redrew. The Redrew segment is where I get my overall ratings and impressions of the shows in this week of wrestling, but I don't do it in the typical uh, rating scales that uh, other wrestling forums do. I don't do it in stars or give letters or numbers or thumbs up, thumbs down, nothing like that. I give my uh, own unique type of rating. So we'll start with NXT here. Um, actually, no, let's start with... Uh, Let's start with uh, AEW, because I just uh, got finished talking about AEW in the Drew count. And uh, AEW seemed to be a bit more of a balanced show. Ooh, I bumped the mic there, so if that was loud, I'll try to edit that out. But uh, sorry if that just blew up somebody's uh, <laughs> headphones in their ears. Uh, I apologize. Um, but anyway, back to AEW Dynamite this week. It was definitely a much more balanced show. Um, the positives weren't as great as they were last week, but the negatives weren't as bad as they were last week either. So I'm giving AEW Dynamite the rating this week of a scale because because of that balance. Last week, Dynamite was... Uh, there were drastically great parts and drastically bad parts, whereas this week, there was nothing that was like super great, but there was nothing that was super terrible either. And so, you know, that's what a scale does. It balances things out. Moving to Raw. Uh, Raw was, um, uh, it was a decent show. It was not as captivating and as intriguing as the previous weeks. Um, but Raw had a great beginning and it had uh, a great ending. And so I am giving Raw the... Uh, rating of a compliment sandwich. 
Um, so I come from the education world, the teaching world, where uh, in uh, I mean you can do this in all types of uh, businesses or uh, ventures um, when you're trying to give constructive criticism and giving constructive feedback is a compliment sandwich. You uh, start out with a compliment and you end with a compliment and in the middle you tell uh, whoever you're talking to what they need to work on. So you're uh, packing everything in like, you know, hey, this was good. Uh, You got to work on this, but this was good as well. So, you know, keep working hard, keep doing a good job. Um, And that's how I felt about Raw. The beginning was great. The middle, or the middle, not so good. But the end was great as well. Um, Moving to SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown was a little confusing, uh, somewhat random. But it was mostly good and mostly useful. So I'm giving SmackDown the reading of a news story. Because that's typically what a news story uh, is. Some Some news stories are really confusing and random and out of nowhere. And some, and but most of them are uh, pretty good, informational, useful, and that's how SmackDown was. And then there's NXT. So NXT, I mentioned about the uh, I'm going to win promos. I don't really care about any of the rah-rah, woo, let's win, go, go team cheerleading type of stuff. Um, I want uh, more action. I watch for the action. Um, especially for the in-ring promos and um, segments that build and progress to a story like the Timothy Thatcher video package and the Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae video package. Something that's building and building. Uh, you know, I, uh, all the I'm going to win stuff is pretty typical. Like, oh, here's a video package of me saying I'm going to win. I, well, I mean, what else are you going to say? I'm going to lose my next match? Of course not. So I am giving NXT the rating of a football game because when I go to a football game, I don't care about the cheerleading. I don't care about the rah-rah, Cisco and blah, let's win. Woo, go team. I care more about what's going on, what the action is, and how the action is unfolding. And we got more action unfolding on this podcast. Usually that's the end of the podcast, but we have NXT TakeOver 30 to talk about and SummerSlam to talk about. So let's get to the preview segment, which is called What You Gonna Drew, Brother? NXT TakeOver 30 is this Saturday, August 22nd. NXT TakeOvers are almost always great. I have been to four NXT TakeOvers Um during this time of year, the night before SummerSlam. They've all been really, really good. They hold a special uh, place in my heart and in my memories um, because they've, you know, they're just so awesome. NXT TakeOvers, the NXT TakeOvers that I've been to, um, three of the four years, I would say I enjoyed more than SummerSlam and Raw and SmackDown that I went to after that. Um, so... I really have a lot of fond memories and uh, a lot of expectations of these NXT TakeOvers before SummerSlam. And with NXT TakeOver 30, it's even more special. Um, So we have starting off um, with uh, 
Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai for the for the uh, women's championship. I like Io. I like Dakota. Both the characters are great, especially with Dakota uh, being a bad guy now. It is a little weird with Io Shirai being a good guy. I don't really know when that happened or how that happened. I don't remember anything that she did specifically that turned her into a good guy. I guess it just, like, happened. But uh, I'm sure this will be a pretty decent match. This is probably the match I'm actually least excited about. And that's saying something because I'm still pretty excited about the match. Uh, I would have EO win. I think EO is the more credible uh, credible competitor in this one. And uh, I, I would give her a good title defense here at uh, NXT TakeOver. Because I believe, yeah, this is the first TakeOver for her to defend her title since she won the title. So give her a win. Dakota can come back and... Uh, her and Raquel Gonzalez can go do something different or continue to chase the title. Um, so that's what I would do. Then we'll go with the Keith Lee and Karrion Cross match. Um, pretty similar boat uh, to the NXT Women's Championship match. This match is for the NXT Championship. Uh, it's not the match I'm most excited about. Um, I hope Cross wins. Um... Just because that would be new and fresh, but I wouldn't be super surprised if Keith Lee won. Um, the presentation with Karrion uh, Cross and Scarlett is awesome. Their entrance is amazing. Um, I'm sure that's going to look really, really cool um, at the Thunderdome. I think, uh, at least if that if they're having it at the Thunderdome. If they're not, and it's just at uh, full sale, I mean, it'll still look good, but... Um, I'm just excited to see eventually when Karrion Cross uh, comes out to a, an arena full of people what his entrance looks like. It's probably going to look spectacular. Keith Lee, yeah, I mean he's uh, he's all right. Uh, he's um, he's just uh, yeah. Even though he's the NXT champion, I don't have as much investment in him as I did early on in the year, you know, or even last year at their Survivor Series and. Uh, up until Royal Rumble. Um, it's good that he's the champ, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Where do I see this one going? Keith Lee had a fireball. Uh, his, his face got on fire uh, <laughs> from Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross is just mysterious. I just like that character uh, a lot better. Um, for me, it would be tough to beat Cross at this minute. Um, but, uh, you know, somebody's, you got to lose eventually. And losing to the champion, I don't think, um, really hurts anybody all that much. So I wouldn't be surprised if Keith Lee won. Uh, I'd probably be more surprised if Cross won. More excited if Cross won. But uh, that should be a decent match. I look forward to seeing uh, Cross go a little bit longer than he usually does. Um, let's talk about the North American uh title match. It's a ladder match. Um, this is um, a uh, what? Six way? Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes. Um, oh, it's a five way. So Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Cameron Grimes have all um, secured their spots by winning the triple threat matches. 
Um, now the other two spots are going to be determined by singles matches this week on NXT. It's Johnny Gargano versus Ridge Holland. I would have Johnny win that match. But the way that this title pitcher uh, is uh, coming into the fold, it sure seems like Ridge Holland probably will win this match because all of these guys in this match already are uh, new faces and getting new chances. And then there's the wild card match with Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream. Um, and uh, it's uh, this should be a really good, fun match. Um, it'll probably be the main event of NXT this week, um, running unopposed um, to AEW Dynamite, which, you know, this is going to totally screw up my uh, now thinking with the with Dynamite being on, uh, uh, I should have talked about this in the Drew count, with Dynamite being on Saturday, it's totally gonna screw up my, uh, uh, process of uh, what I do for the, uh, podcast, because on Wednesdays, usually I watch Dynamite, and then I'll watch NXT on Thursday, um, but this week, I'll be able to watch NXT live, um, and I'll have to, catch AEW Dynamite some other time. Maybe I'll have to watch it Sunday or... I don't know. I'll figure it out. Anyways. Um, I would have Finn Balor and Velveteen Dream main event NXT here. And uh, Velveteen Dream's already won the NXT title so that makes me think Finn Balor's gonna win. Um, and neither one of these guys are fresh faces. Um, but I think... Putting one of these guys in the match would, uh, uh, they're the credible person. They put it in to be, this guy's the favorite and, uh, um, you know, probably won't win the title match. But, uh, I would have Balor win. And then, uh, as for the match, uh, on TakeOver itself, I would either have Damian Priest or Cameron Grimes win. Now, Damian Priest really needs something to do, um... I actually I would have uh, Finn Balor win the title because uh, I mean Finn's already a star he doesn't need the title but uh, Finn's been on a tear and uh, people chasing Finn um, with Finn just beating people until finally somebody topples over him that makes a new star out of whoever beats Finn Balor for the NXT North American Championship. So I think that would be the best thing to do but if they want to go with somebody new I would pick uh, Damian Priest because uh, you know, he's been a around a while, hasn't really done anything, Bronson Reed's still pretty new, Cameron Grimes, uh, pretty new as well in NXT, but, uh, I don't think Grimes needs it, he's this more comedic character, typically comedic characters don't win in NXT, uh, they don't win titles in NXT, um, NXT's a little bit more of a serious, uh, brand of wrestling, um, so it would be a big surprise if he won. But somebody who would be really surprising to win would be Pat McAfee versus, uh, Adam Cole. This match is the match I am most invested in, and, uh, probably the match that most people are the least invested in, because it's just, like, a spectacle match with a celebrity coming in. But, uh, I love Pat McAfee. I listen to his podcasts, his radio shows, his, uh, I even listen to The Pod, which is all of his, <laughs> the, his friends at work with him, um, so I got a lot of investment in Pat McAfee, Adam Cole's great, 
it'll be interesting to see how much uh, training Pat has done and uh, been involved in. Uh, he's been putting out videos like uh, every day, every few days, um, showing his training and what he's been doing. And Adam Cole is a is a pro. Adam Cole pro. That's his Twitter account. Um, so I don't doubt that uh, Cole will help McAfee to a, a solid match, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who wins. Now, um, if Adam Cole and Undisputed Era are going to do more on NXT, you got to have Adam Cole win. If he's not going to do more on NXT and Undisputed Era is going to move to SmackDown or Raw, which I think would be um, uh, something, uh, I think that would be the best for Undisputed Era. Um, I'd keep him as a unit. And uh, Undisputed Era has kind of run their course in NXT. they got to go on to uh, uh, new new pastures, greener pastures. Um, so if Undisputed Era is not sticking around, have Pat McAfee win. And... Uh, Pat will probably uh, be around NXT at least a little bit more because um, he's on the kickoff shows, and uh, you could go that way. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that match. Um, really looking forward to NXT TakeOver 30, and I'm also looking forward to SummerSlam as well. Now, as of this recording, there are eight matches announced. There'll probably be more, but right now um, there are eight of them. And uh, let's talk about the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Um, you know, the Poison Angle thing was cool, but other than that, not really super invested in this match. Um, I would just have the Street Profits retain, and uh, that's really all I got to say about that. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. That was a bad Forrest Gump impression. Um, let's move on to, uh, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville, the hair versus hair match. I'm really invested in this match. I've liked this storyline since it's been going on for almost, it's gotta be six months now at, at this point. And, uh, um, I see Sonya losing this match. Um, I think, uh, Sonya's probably going to look all right being bald. And plus it brings a little bit more sinister, devilish looking, not devil, devil, I didn't mean to do that, but a more sinister look to her, um, more um, intimidating look to her. Mandy Rose, I don't really, I can't picture her bald, to be honest. Um, she looks fine with her short hair, um, or shorter hair, I want to call it short hair. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I see Sonya Deville losing and... Uh, being even more intimidating, which I'm I'm fine with. Uh, let's go to the United States Championship match, Apollo Cruz versus MVP. You know I'm not super invested in this match. MVP has had a lot of TV time with the Hurt business. Apollo Cruz, I don't know. I just don't have. Uh, I'm not that engaged by this uh, story. I don't really care who wins or loses. That's never really a good thing. Um, not in this sense. Uh, uh, when I don't care and I am engaged in it, that's good. But uh, in this sense where I'm apathetic to it, um, I guess I would just have Apollo retain. I don't know. Um, 
move into the Dominic Mysterio uh, Seth Rollins street fight match. Um, this one I'm really invested in. They have done a good job. This this Rollins Mysterio story has been going on um, for about six months now since WrestleMania uh, as well. So long term storytelling here. And uh, the street fight stipulation, of course, is a good way to uh, protect the match, protect uh, Dominic Mysterio, who doesn't have a lot of experience, and they can make it more of a sloppy, brawling match instead of a pure wrestling match. Um, Dominic or Seth? Um, I don't know. I don't know who would win this match. Um, I think Seth winning. Makes more sense. Dominic Mysterio's got plenty of time ahead of him. Um, and uh, I think Dominic could get more from losing to Seth Rollins. He could take a beating, but, um, you know, really like prove himself like, oh, okay, this guy's going to be a player. Um, so I would have Seth Rollins win. Um, let's talk about the women's championship matches. Now, Asuka is in both of them. So most likely... Um, these matches are going to be back-to-back. Or at least that's the way I would schedule it. I would put one match, whatever one you want to have uh, with Asuka, and then the next match right after it. Um, I'd be fine with her, you know, with an Asuka match starting the show and then an Asuka match being somewhere later on. But I think one after the other would be more interesting. It depends on the way they want to go with it. That's what makes this match, uh, this Asuka, Sasha, Bailey storyline so interesting because it could go so many different ways. Um, yeah, I, I was just thinking, I can see her winning one of the titles. I can see her winning both of the titles. I can see her losing both matches. Um, and Sasha and Bailey helping each other out win. Or, uh, he- yeah, helping each other win the matches. So, you know, I'm just intrigued in to see w- oh, what happens if it were me. Gosh, I don't know what I would do. I I like all the all three scenarios of Asuka winning both titles. I like the scenario of Asuka losing both matches. I like this because the Sasha and Bailey storyline is so good that them holding all the gold will just continue to build their story. Um, but I also like one one of them, one, uh, Sasha or Bailey losing and the other winning. And, uh, you know, showing, like, you know, who's the weaker link in the in the team. And uh, uh, that leads to a breakup. You know, I just don't know. Um, but I'm really excited to see what happens with these Asuka matches. Um, Sasha and Bailey have been great for months now. I didn't really like them at first, but... Uh, this seems uh, very unique. Asuka having two title matches. I'm just excited to see what happens. And that's really something to look forward to. Something else that I'm looking forward to is the Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton title match for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. You know, this is another one. Now, this is a case where I don't care who wins because I'm so invested. If Randy wins, totally credible. I could see him winning. I would like him winning. Drew McIntyre wins. I'm fine with that as well. Um, you know, the story has been uh, pretty decent. It's been well told by Randy and Drew. They've done a really good job. Um, 
but uh, it's not as intriguing as other storylines on on the the show and on the card. Um, this one, yeah, I really could see going either way. It'll probably be a great match, a good good wrestling match, and uh, either way, I I'm gonna really enjoy uh, who wins this uh, as long as it's a pretty solid match and there's no like wonky finish. I would like to see Ric Flair involved in on the finish. Uh, but if it's not, that's fine. If somebody wins cleanly or if Randy wins by hook or crook, that's fine. Because um, then Randy can go off and say he's chasing, like he said uh, this week on Raw, he's chasing that uh, 17th title. Uh, I think he has 14 right now, so he wants this would be 15, and he wants to tie Randy, or he wants to tie Ric Flair and John Cena at 16. And then eventually pass him because that gives him motivation. That's what he wants to do now. That's why he continues on in his career. And if Drew wins, it just gives him even more momentum. And this would really give Rand—not uh, Randy. This would really give Drew a very credible win because Drew McIntyre really hasn't beat anybody super credible for the title. Um, in a defense, I mean, he beat Brock Lesnar, and then who would he be? Beat Big Show and Dolph Ziggler, and Bobby Lashley, but. Randy Orton is a superstar. He's a legend at this point. So Drew McIntyre beating Randy would be huge for him and huge for the credibility of him and carrying the WWE Championship as um, a credible champion, as a credible threat to anybody, and as uh, somebody that uh, is tough to beat. So then eventually when somebody does beat him, another star is made. Very similar to what we were talking about earlier with uh, Finn Balor on NXT. Um, So... Drew McIntyre winning would be a good choice. Randy Orton winning, I think, would be a good choice as well. And then there's the Braun Strowman versus Fiend uh, Universal Championship match. And I really, really hope Alexa Bliss is involved in this somehow. I would love to see the Fiend win the match and Alexa Bliss uh, helps the fiend or joins the fiend and becomes part of the Firefly Funhouse because Alexa really hasn't been doing anything in the last couple of years. She's just been this good guy character, um, and I think she's best when she's a bad guy. Um, but giving her a whole new overhaul, being essentially like Sister Abigail, would be awesome. Uh, Braun shaving his head bald. Um, was interesting. A lot of people were saying that on SmackDown there was a double turn. So, and that that's what's going to happen at SummerSlam. That Braun's going to officially go to a bad guy and the Fiend's going to become a good guy. Um, uh, I'm not necessarily sold on a, that idea. I, you know, wouldn't mind Braun as a bad guy with this bald head and, uh, as the champion, or even not the champion, he could if he loses, he could go on a rampage. Um, so that could turn him heel anyway. And uh, Bray Wyatt is uh, he's so popular that I don't think it matters what he is, whether he's a bad guy or a good guy. Um, uh, I would hope he doesn't get changed too much if he becomes a good guy. Uh, I hope he would just continue his uh, his. Uh, presentation that works uh, still be the bray wyatt still be the firefly funhouse character still be the fiend and uh continue on that way 
It's tough with The Fiend in title matches, though, right? Because if he loses, then it's like, oh, The Fiend, he's getting buried. But if he wins, then it's like, okay, well, how do we get the title off The Fiend? So that just in itself makes it an interesting scenario. Um, if you're going to end, if you're going to have Alexa Bliss join uh, The Fiend, I would have this match and the show um or something with retribution i hope there's something with retribution that ends SummerSlam. but with payback coming up right after SummerSlam, uh that'll be something else we have to preview next week uh along with reviewing this SummerSlam card but i'm really looking forward to SummerSlam. there'll probably be a couple more matches added um but we are in for a solid week of wrestling um Hopefully you've enjoyed this show because I thought it was a pretty solid show. If you want to reach out and connect with me on a, a more personal level, you can do that on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at DWOPod. Or if you're more old school, you can send me an email um, uh, to uh, DWOPod at gmail.com. Um, if you'd please spread the word about the show, um, if you think somebody would like it who likes wrestling, uh, please do that. You could just tell the person, hey, search Drew World Order Podcast. We are on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, send me your ideas, your thoughts on the the shows in this week of wrestling. Really want to do build. Uh, really do want to build a uh, positive wrestling community here, where we can chat and just uh, give our thoughts and uh, our overviews of what's going on uh, in the state of wrestling uh, of uh, you know this week and the coming weeks. Um, like the show on social media. Follow the show, please. Uh, subscribe to the show. Share the show. Retweet the show. Leave a comment, send in a review, send me an email. Um, any support that you uh, show uh, is really appreciated. If you want to um, show even further support, you can click on the support link on the Perfect Catch SoundCloud page, uh, the Perfect Catch podcast, I should say, excuse me, Perfect Catch podcast SoundCloud page, or the Drew World Order anchor page. That would be much appreciated. I'm really looking forward to this week in wrestling. Um, we, uh, you know, have uh, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT during the week. AEW Dynamite is going to be on Saturday, along with NXT TakeOver 30. And then we'll have SummerSlam on Sunday. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. But for this week, I hope your listening experience was Drew Sweet. 